Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. In this episode, I'll be talking with Leslie Hushka, Senior Vice President global corporate social responsibility at Bumblebee Seafood, and Jeff Wintering, Chief Technology Officer at R.A. Jones, a packaging machinery manufacturer. Today, we're going to talk about Bumblebee's recent transition from shrink film for its uh, multi-packs of tuna cans to paperboard packaging. And making a packaging format change like this affects so many areas of the operation. Um, how do you go about weighing those pros and cons? And how do you convince corporate leadership to do this change? Let's find out. Leslie, Jeff, welcome. Thanks for talking with us today. Hi. Hey, Lisa. To nice to see you. So first, um, tell us. Has the new paperboard multi-pack launched in the market? I know it was going to be sometime early in 2022, correct? It has. Ah. We're, we've started producing it earlier uh, in the year, um, and we're now seeing those packages flow from our distribution centers and showing up on store shelves. Excellent. I will look for it when I'm out shopping this weekend. Um, thank you for, for that great news and congratulations. Um, so as I said in the intro, there's a lot of things that go into making this decision and then implementing this. And um, I've thought of, ooh, I don't know, more than half a dozen areas uh, that I would like you to kind of talk about but I don't want to limit it to that. If you think of other things, um, obviously, please uh, point them out because that's what it is. So um, I'll just start with one and then we'll go from there. So obviously, when you're doing this change, um, oftentimes you have to switch suppliers, both for the materials, uh, you know, switching from a, a shrink film to a paperboard package, uh, usually you're looking at a different uh, raw material manufacturer there, as well as on the machinery side. And, you know, we're lucky enough to have Jeff from R.A. Jones joining us here to give a, his input in this as well. So, um, Leslie, can you just talk about, you know, some of these considerations that you guys went through as you were making the decision of the change? Sure. Uh, I think this takes us back to a few years ago where at Bumblebee, we were um, running into what I would say was some just um, operational challenges with our existing machinery. Um, it was fairly old in years, um, and we were um, increasingly running into more downtime with the machine and kind of getting difficulties of getting it serviced. Um, and so that was really impacting our operations. So as we started to look at replacing that machine, uh, we had the opportunity to consider uh, different types of formats um, for packaging. 
Um, and so that's where we led a process where we put out a request for proposals um, across the industry um, uh, according to some of the criteria that we were trying to meet. Um, and very quickly in that process, um, we kind of saw a real unique approach um, coming from R.A. Jones in terms of offering us possibilities that we hadn't considered. Um, not only Les for- Leslie, when, when was this? You said a couple of years ago? Yeah, I'll, I'll let Jeff comment on the specifics of this because he's been through this process coming from soup to nuts. I, I've come in over the last year, um, but really, I think it goes back to um, 2019, Jeff. Is that the right timing? Uh, yeah, I would say that sounds like the right timing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so we spoke for probably eight months during that period of time developing the solution with you all. Yes. Okay. So pre-pandemic, just as a, um, you know, to, to put it in, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, I can't even think of the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? Put it yeah, in it con was, it, context. Yep. It was absolutely at that time. Um, and really, it was uh, it was very qu quickly apparent to us that R.A. Jones was kind of the leader in this space, what they were presenting us in terms of uh, options for machinery and options for future packaging formats that we hadn't that were outside the current scope that we had was very exciting for us. So that kind of led us to a collaboration uh, with R.A. Jones in terms of, okay, what would be the right piece of equipment uh, for uh, our multi-packs moving forward? And that's where the different opportunities came up with moving from a shrink wrap uh, to a paperboard wrapper. Okay. I know um, one of the things that I've seen is a prepared uh, PDF white paper on some of the details of this project. I also had the pleasure of listening to your presentation at PAC Expo last fall and got some details that way as well. So one of the things that, you know, really struck me is in um, looking at this, number one, you, you did invest in new machinery, but the machine actually fits in the same space in the packaging line uh, as the, the shrink wrap system that came out. And, you know, I know most facilities are limited on floor space. Um, and, you know, knowing that you had this, this uh, amount of space to work with, can you talk through that just a little bit, how that all transpired and, and um, Jeff, how the company was able to then work within that limited area? Yeah, sure. So, you know, exactly with what you were saying, when Bumblebee came to us, you know, they presented uh, what they were trying to solve. And then they also gave us as far as the floor space needed in the plant for the equipment to fit. And so one of the th unique things that Ari Jones can do is uh, we can integrate equipment, uh, third party equipment with our machinery. So we optimize the floor space with the machinery. Um, with a uh, gapping conveyor, a turner diverter, and it also offered um, uh, solutions and suggestions on how Bumblebee could change their conveyors in the plant to uh, feed us the cans. And with that, we were able to uh, fit the machine uh, in the plant successfully. 
Okay, excellent. I know that in any bundling operation, the uh, package collation is kind of the secret sauce to making it work sometimes. Uh, Leslie, do you have any anything to add on that? Yeah, no, I mean, from our perspective, you know, it was the back and forth in terms of, you know, we kind of came in it with uh, one perspective about what we what we thought we needed. I think it was from our perspective, just such a co- great collaboration where R.A. Jones was able to suggest to us, here's multiple ways for you to potentially achieve that outcome, but here's some additional considerations uh, for you to think in. So from our perspective, you know, that was very valuable. Okay. And Leslie, can I ask, um, the solution that you ultimately decided on, was it something that you guys had gone to R.A. Jones with as an option or something that they had proposed? Um, I think, you know, we uh, all, there were a number of options on the table. We hadn't really settled on one as part of our, our you know, initial RFP process. Um, it had been a while since we really tested the marketplace in this area. So we were pretty wide open to solutions. Certainly there was quite a um, an alignment of objectives between us and R.A. Jones on, on the sustainability side uh, in terms of what it really the opportunities that we had there. And for us, really the opportunity to move to something that was more readily recyclable for consumers uh, was certainly um, a big appeal um, in mm-hmm. making this switch. Yes, I know that there are a lot of people um, a lot of brand owners trying to get that, um, I guess, the holy grail of their used packaging, empty packaging being curbside recyclable uh, to close that loop and actually get it collected and um, processed for recycling. So um, uh, let's go into this uh, sustainability angle of it just a little bit more because uh, one of the things that um, the I, I've learned is that uh, Leslie Bumblebee revealed that nine out of its 12 top retailers have um, commitments to move all plastic to being 100% recyclable reusable or compostable materials, and most in a very short time frame by 2025. Um, how much did that influence the decision? Certainly, that was a large part of it. We want to make sure that what we're doing on the sustainability side is aligned with our customers um, and helping us kind of meet our customers' needs and kind of being a pervert provider of choice for them, if you will. Um, This move of retailers to 100% recyclable, compostable, uh, or reusable, that that, um, movement, if you will, has been happening for a number of years, really kind of being driven by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation uh, and a number of activities aimed around making sure that Materials have the opportunity to be reused, and in particular, um, right now, uh, where a deficit is in many country systems is around plastic and plastic recycling, and how can we really put in place new systems uh, to make sure the plastics that are in the market are getting uh, recycled. So a number of our customers have set um, a variety of goals, either 
recycling goals or plastic reduction goals or goals where um, their plastic has recycled content in it to promote that circular economy. So where we landed is to try to meet the suite of all of what our customers were looking for. We felt that it, the shift to move to get all of our packaging to be readily recyclable was going to be that sweet spot and really help our customers. Okay. And one of the differences between paperboard packaging and flexible packaging, maybe on the other sustainability side, is that paperboard is a little bit heavier in weight uh, than flexible. But it sounds like in the, you know, weighing the pros and cons and the options, the idea of being recyclable kind of um, overruled the the weight issue a little bit. From a sustainability side, you have to look at the full life cycle for that packaging. Uh, And certainly, yes, the paperboard might be slightly heavier, but when you look at the end-of-life disposal, we really felt that we had a significant opportunity to shift that instead of that, that film going into a landfill where predominantly it was ending up, that that could be recycled. Um, And again, having an overall kind of lower footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sometimes you have to make those kind of trade-offs in, in terms of a life cycle assessment uh, about packaging, yep. as, as folks on this podcast well understand. Yep, um, definitely. And not only on the end-of-life side of things, but paperboard packaging has a little bit of an advantage on the um, uh, the uh, uh, beginning of life with it being a re- renewable material where the plastic flexible film, uh, you know, you could argue that anything is renewable, but uh, it doesn't have the same renewable uh, resource at for the raw material um, as paperboard packaging. So um, excellent on that. Uh, I do want to ask, though, there are a lot of brand owners Uh, moving away from plastics and often their material of choice is paperboard for all the reasons that we've already talked about. What about um, the availability or, you know, finding the, um, you know, a a supplier partner with um, the reliability for the material in making this change? Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah, we, we have not really encountered um, any difficulty from a supply of the paperboard into our operations. Um, we we've, are very comfortable with our supplier. We have a paperboard that we have selected is uh, made of 100% recycled content, 35% 35% of that is post-consumer recycled content. Um, it's certified by the Forest Stewardship uh, That was my Council. next question. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've really, and that market has significantly grown. Um, so that, that has not been a challenge um, in terms of us making the shift. Okay, excellent. What about the knowledge and the experience of your staff um, in the plant, Leslie, how was that impacted? 
Well, I mean, that was, I think, another reason why we went with R.A. Jones. I mean, it was kind of um, almost a one-stop shop, if you will, in terms of expertise on not only type of packaging format, but right machinery solution, but the ability to train um, and really implement all of that. And Jeff, you know, I think it'd be helpful for you to weigh in kind of the pro the steps that you took with the facility in terms yeah. of putting in the equipment. Yes, please. Yes. Um, so at the beginning of the project with the facility, um, you know, obviously we wanted to understand what their concerns were and we incorporated um, solutions for that, such as you know, a changeover capability on the machine. The plant needs to do a lot of changeovers on the machine. So we incorporated that into it. Um, as we installed the machine uh, in the in the field, we were able to provide um, training to the operators. Um, during the startup, we actually assisted and supported them probably over a period of time of probably six weeks or so. Um, and then we let uh, Bumblebee run the equipment, and then we came back uh, probably somewhere in the three-month mark and checked in on things and wanted to see how the equipment was doing, see if they needed additional training. Um, the, you know, the, the line is running very well. Bumblebee's doing great with it. Um, the, the next check-in we're going to be doing will be in July, where we'll, they're going to have a plan, planned uh, maintenance type of uh, time period on the machine. but. Um, yeah, we've been able to uh, support them very well from a training, and they've been picking it up, and the machine is running running well. So, okay. And if we could maybe give just a little bit more detail, um, what facility is this, Leslie? And it's a single facility with a single machine where you're running this on the line, correct? Yes, yes. It's at our Santa Fe Springs uh, Cannery operation, so that's. Uh, north of here of our corporate office in San Diego and just south of LA. Um, so that's where we're running the major canning for uh, tuna. Okay, excellent. I know that, um, Leslie, you, you mentioned this earlier, and I, and I did want to definitely uh, talk through this point. You talked about the future of you know how the machine is able to uh, let you have this flexibility for the future and future format changes. Um, I do know that you produce uh, Bumblebee produces 26 million multi packs a year. That's a lot of multi packs. Um, can you talk about though the the flexibility of being able to handle? different um, formats on here, multi-packs formats, and how this is kind of a future-proof system for you? Yeah, well, I, let me talk about what we're doing now, and then sure. Jeff can talk about what the machine and the capabilities can do in the future. So okay. the, of the current formats, you know, we're doing, you know, anything from a 12 to a 6 to an 8 to a 12-pack, if you will. And so the changeovers that Jeff referred to is, you know, we're going to do a run of a four pack in a paperboard wrapper um, for a certain one of our brands. Um, and then we might have to very quickly uh, turn that around to, okay, we want to do a 12 pack of a, of a different brand with maybe a different type of product in it. Um, that is really easy 
with this machine. And it's, um, you know, as we displayed the machine um, at PAC Expo, um, a lot of the controls are really done from kind of a handheld iPad, my, oh, my terminology nice. for it. Okay. And so it's simple to program the machine to say we're going to move from this type of format to that type of format. The machine configures itself. And if anything is out of line, there's a quick ready light on the machine to say this needs to be adjusted manually. Um, and so let me stop there. And Jeff, please weigh in on, on the more uh, technical nature of that and the flexibility the machine has to go from the formats that we use today. Yeah, as Leslie was saying, the um, Bumblebee had some initial formats they needed to run on the machine. And um, that basically there's four, there's the ability to, to feed into the machine four in-feed lanes, and currently they're using three. So from a, a future proofing of the machine itself, uh, if and when the time comes, they can add that fourth lane and actually increase the number of formats that they can offer um, to their customers. Very nice. From the, yeah. From the standpoint of the uh, the changeover uh, flexibility, we, we put on the machine our uh, AccuChange. And what that is, is that that gives the operator feedback when you do a format change. It tells them um, exactly what uh, changeover points on the machine need to be changed. And then the control verifies those that the change has been made. And the whole purpose of that is to be able to provide a vertical startup. So, um, you know, when they, they do need to make the change, the operators can take the handheld uh, tablet or iPad, as Leslie was saying, it directs them, they make the changes, it gets verified, and then when the machine starts, um, it's producing product immediately. Okay, uh, sounds like it is running pretty smoothly then. And Leslie's got a, if she's nodding, she's got a good smile on her face. So I like seeing that, okay. Um, let's talk now, one of the other, what I would say is major consideration in any packaging operations production change is obviously the financial investment. Um, so you invested in new machinery here. Leslie, can you talk a little bit more on the financial side, maybe um, how this impacted the operation from a, a positive point of view, if it did, and or, you know, what were some of the other financial considerations? And I know you've already said that the machine that it replaced was pretty old and probably needed to be, be replaced anyway. So timing wise, you timed it perfectly. But Leslie, talk a little bit about the financial side of this. Yeah, I mean, I think we we could have gone a couple more years uh, with our existing machinery. So it was a very much an active choice we made to make the switch at this point in time. Again, aligned with our corporate goals here. Um, that was a significant investment. Um, and, um, you know, requiring us to invest in capital that we had not intended, um, you know, and so that um, that we feel was the right decision to make and the switch of time, but it does it did cost us um, additional dollars there. Uh, we do believe that that we we will see the return on that over time. You know, we in particular when we look at the packaging that we've been able to do design and produce as a result of this new equipment, it's it's much more um, appealing 
to consumers. We think in the long run, this will translate into increased sales uh, for those as compared to our competitors. Um, but, you know, it was really, from our perspective, uh, the right thing to do. Um, and we had the opportunity. Um, and so uh, we wanted to jump in, but it was certainly uh, at a cost. Okay. Excellent. Well, um, it sounds like you've got a handle on the return on investment on that. And from a financial point of view, that's that's key. Um, I did want to ask, I just thought, though, uh, making this change, were there any downstream equipment uh, changes that you also had to make either on the you know palletizing side of things or anything like that? because of the, the the different material of the packaging? No, I mean, we're we're still kind of using our existing um, configuration. I, I mean, I think there were some slight changes in configurations on the pallets um, to adjust for that, just due to slight different dimensions um, in the shrink wrap product versus the box product. Um, but that has not caused us any kind of significant challenges. Um, as we've moved forward. Okay, excellent. Before we hear more about the pros and cons of Bumblebee's switch to paper multi-packs and the lessons learned, let's take a short break for a special message. Lisa Pierce here, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest. Have you heard? Southpac is back. After a break of seven years, the 2022 event will take place this year, June 14th through the 16th, at the Charlotte Convention Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Owned and organized by Informa Markets Engineering, the parent company of Packaging Digest, Southpac will be one of six co-located shows at the all-new IM Engineering South Advanced Design and Manufacturing Expo. Sign up today at imengineeringsouth.com. That's imengineeringsouth.com. Now let's get back to our Packaging Possibilities podcast. So, Leslie, how did you weigh the pros and cons of making this change? And if you don't mind, maybe just itemizing what those pros and cons are. Yeah, at the at the time we were looking to make this decision, you know, that we were looking at uh, replacing of the machinery um, mm-hmm. to really, from an operational standpoint, make that make sure that we could address uh, those challenges of downtime. Uh, we had an opportunity. Uh, with the the machine that R.A. Jones has put forward to change the packaging format from shrink wrap to a paperboard, uh, that allowed us to look at, okay, what are our customers desiring? What are consumers looking for? um, What are our sustainability objectives? um, And how do we meet all of those various needs? Um, And uh, in terms of weighing all of those, it became very easy for us to make this decision, which was consumers um, want recyclable packaging. They look to brands to solve 
uh, that problem for them and make it easier for them to recycle packaging. Um, and so looking from a shrink wrap product, um, that, that plastic can be recycled, but it requires the consumer to go through extra steps to do that versus a paperboard wrapper that allowed them to incorporate that right into their home recycling system. That was an easy um, check for us to put in the pro column. Yeah. Also um, from a let, con- Leslie, yeah, if I, I could just, add. if I could just make a point on that, um, I'm in the packet. I've been doing this and writing about this for a long time and I'm still not clear whether shrink film because it's got different properties than I know uh, polyethylene film is recyclable at store drop-offs with a lot of, you know, the, the uh, grocery bags and um, other types of things. But I still don't even know if shrink film is appropriate to put in store recycling collection bins or not. So, yeah, yeah. It's, a ch- it's a challenge with consumers uh, with the various types of plastics to educate them on what can be recycled. Generally, shrink film, which is either polyethylene or polypropylene, can be recycled in in-store drop-offs. Uh, but again, you're asking the consumer to undergo additional steps to segregate that material out from their other recyclables and take it back to the store. We wanted to make it easier for consumers to just put the paperboard wrapper into their recycling system. And again, they want that, they want to be part of the solution. The second major pro for us was that we could redesign the packages and change the graphics on the packages to address some concerns that we see from a retailer perspective. The shrink wrap gets pulled and sometimes distorts the barcode, making it difficult to scan. You don't have that issue uh, with the box. And also, the 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 new uh, paperboard box is designed to be uh, displayed horizontally or vertically on the shelf so that allows the retailer to have some flexibility uh, in the set and and potentially in the space where they had uh, two or um, with a package horizontally might have taken up a a slot for two, three, or four products, they could change that and stack it vertically and fit different types of products in the same space. So that has been a strong response that we've seen from the retailers to have that flexibility um, in the system. Um, It's been tremendous uh, pro versus something we could never achieve uh, with a shrink wrap film. Yeah, um, I love it when packages allow that that retail display uh, flexibility. So thank you for that. Okay, Um, anything more on the pros and cons? I think those were the big things that really drove our decision. Okay, excellent. So um, we've talked about a a lot of things here as the considerations. Um, How were you able to convince corporate leadership to make this change? Lisa, I feel very fortunate um, that we have um, uh, a leadership within Bumblebee that's very, um, very tied to uh, our sustainability objectives. It's really baked into the mission of Mm -hmm. the Bumblebee Seafood Company to, you know, feeding people through the power of the ocean. All of our sustainability initiatives are um, are baked into our purpose and our business strategy. Uh, So from 
my perspective, this was very easy uh, to, to get management to see the benefits from a sustainability side, the pros that we could see with both consumers and retailers. Um, they could easily see the costs. Um, but um, that is very, we're very fortunate that they were able to see the long-term value uh, of making this change. Um, I know in all companies, they don't have perhaps this um, strong connection with leadership on the sustainability side, but for us, um, our management could easily see that it was the right thing to do to make this step at this point in time uh, and for easy for us to to get them uh, to approve this change. Okay, well, lucky you. <laughs> Not everyone is so fortunate. Um, could I ask then too about the the speed to market for this? I know that uh, a packaging format change. Um, I know this was on the secondary packaging side of things, not necessarily on the primary packaging side of things, but um, anytime you're making a change, a major change like this on, on the packaging line and with your packaging, it does take time. Um, could you just give us a sense of how you felt with how the schedule of this, this project went? And I know, again, we were right in the middle of a pandemic, so that may have thrown a wrench in the system too, but... Um, if you could just address this. Yeah, maybe best for kind of Jeff to weigh in here because I mean, I, you know, only coming in in the last year, um, you know, was not part of the full project. So Jeff, um, please jump in. Okay. Um, I mean, making those changes during the, the pandemic, as we had said, it was, we started on it prior to the pandemic, right? Yep. And then we were fortunate enough Ari Jones was fortunate enough that we were able to uh, keep the engineering teams uh, working during the pandemic. So we were able to consult with uh, Bumblebee and keep the project moving forward um, and then actually develop the solution, engineer the solution and, um, you know, get it manufactured within the uh, time frame that they needed. So um, Ari Jones, we worked very hard to support our customers during the pandemic. We worked very hard to keep um, our manufacturing open. We did, we made sure that we tried to uh, keep the employees segregated as much as possible. We let the, and only the essential workers in the building at the time. Um, so, and we were very successful with that. And we were able to support Bumblebee as well as our other customers in doing that. So I think that was key, so. Well, yeah, Jeff, just thank you to, for the, for being able to do that. Thank you. Yeah, and to add on, you know, from my perspective, you know, we we started to install the machine uh, last December, um, and kind of at our turnover time around the holidays. So a couple of weeks for installation. That machine has been up and running since then. You know, and the rollout. To, you know, we started to have packages in market. You know, right uh, over a month ago. Um, so in terms of having that type of capability to get it in place, get it up and running quickly and, and kind of transition from older inventory to these new packages uh, started in the market, um, from my perspective, um, that's been very smooth and it seems to be uh, very efficient uh, from a timing perspective. Okay, let's finish uh, on, I think, what is going to be a positive note. So there are a number of companies, no number of other packaging professionals, uh, brand owner companies, 
uh, considering a format change, whether it be from plastics to paperboard or some other change. And um, I'm just wondering, Leslie, if you could maybe share some lessons that you may have learned from this project. And even you, Jeff, I'm sure you've learned a few things too. So if you could just talk about maybe lessons learned that could maybe help some other people um, making a similar decision. Yeah, from our perspective, you know, what I would suggest to companies is, you know, really get clear on what your objective is first, kind of what from from a business objective and your overall sustainability objective. Um, And, you know, step one, step two is kind of the process that we went through with R.A. Jones is really seek to understand from experts in the marketplace, what are the wide variety of solutions? Um, And then three, identify a partner that is aligned with you on the objectives that you're trying to meet and co-create solutions with them. It's very much the process that we went through. I think through that process, we came up with a solution that was better than what we could have envisioned uh, at the start. Um, And I think that often companies feel like they have to figure out exactly what they want um, at the end point, um, and they kind of lose a lot of opportunities to co-create um, and develop solutions uh, that that were um, in the end better than what uh, they could have created on their own. Thank you, Leslie. Jeff, any other um, input from you? Yeah, I would say that um, it strengthened, confirmed um, our our philosophy, our desire to to do customer-centric solutions with our customers. Um, you know, the, it was a journey with, with Bumblebee with the initial discussions and understanding what their, you know, their key drivers were for the project. And then how, how we adapted um, a piece of, of our standard equipment, how we customized that such that they, we could meet with their, uh, you know, provide a solution for them that met their business needs, that met their flexibility needs, um, their speed that they needed to produce that, and obviously make a machine that was uh, easy to operate for their uh, for their uh, operators. So I think it's 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 that further understanding and learning and confirming that we are doing the right things and how we're working with our customers and trying to um, provide solutions for them. So. Excellent. Well, Leslie, Jeff, congratulations. I know it's always a thrill that you work on a project, you work so hard on something, and you finally see it in the store, finished and um, there for sale. And the uh, proof is when they st- those sales start uh, going gangbusters. So um, congratulations on that. And thank you so much for talking to us today and telling us what you guys learned about um, this, uh, this project, through this project. So thank you, guys. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, thank you, Lisa.